Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen. What can I say to you besides hello? I don't know. I don't know. Hello. It's Jake Johansson. This is episode 44 of the Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast. And uh, welcome. You did it. And I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it for Well, I don't know if I'm going to do it for you. I mean, I'm doing it for you. This is the, you're the reason I'm here. <laughs> and uh, I'm the reason you're here. So we got that going for us. This is a great relationship so far. Anyway, um, it's episode 44. It's just me this week, I think. Maybe my wife is going to stop by a little bit later on. But I'm just telling you that up front. Okay, so there's no head trips later. I don't want to hear any complaining about how this marriage is now working out because I promised you this and that and then I didn't deliver. I'm telling you right up front, just doing me this week, um, like last week. But next week, Nigel will be back. That's what I hear. That's what I hear from Nigel. So that's some good news. And uh, that's what's going on right now, right now. But you know what's going on? In the not-so-distant future is uh, May 19th. I'm going to be in the Houston, Texas area, uh, opening up for Mr. Barry Manilow at the Cynthia Woods Mitchell Pavilion. I assume you know what that means. But if you go to my website, shakethis.com, you can click on a thing that will take you to that website if you want to buy tickets to see Barry Manilow. Let's face it. You're paying to see Barry Manilow. It is not cheap uh, to see me this way. But if you like Barry Manilow and you like me, it's a great combo. He puts on a hell of a show uh that's me sounding like an old guy but it's uh, barry manilow is pretty awesome it's like a, a time machine of happiness i've said it before so uh that's gonna be may 19th may 30th through june 1st i'm gonna be in san francisco where i started out at the punchline san francisco may 30th to june 1st um june 6 through 9 i'll be at tampa at side splitters comedy club that's a new place for me to play in tampa side splitters comedy club june 6 through 9 and then june 14 15 and 16 hello los angeles area i'll be at the greek theater now wait a minute <laughs> that seems like a career jump for me you're right uh, I'm going to be opening up for Barry Manilow at the Greek Theater for three nights in uh, in June the 14th, 15th, and 16th. And so I'm really looking forward to that because it's me at the Greek Theater. I've never played at the Greek Theater. I've seen things at the Greek Theater before. I saw R.E.M. at the Greek Theater one time when I had a TV pilot that might have been going to get picked up by NBC. That was exciting. But that was just me watching a show and maybe having a TV show on the air. Well, guess what? That pilot did not get picked up. Shit happens, that happens. This time, I'm going to be performing at the Greek Theater. NBC cannot take that away from me. I found a way around those jackasses. Uh, so I'll see you June 14, 15, and 16th if you want to come see me and Barry Manilow at the Greek Theater. And then after that, you know, in August, I'll be in New York City at Gotham. I'm going to go to Indianapolis, Washington, D.C., Fort Lauderdale. I'm going to be up in uh, the Seattle area, Minneapolis, Denver, Chicago. I'm going to a lot of places, and I want to go there with you. I want you. <laughs> well, you don't have to go to all those. That would be, I think my wife would have a little bit of a problem if you showed it up at all those gigs. But, uh. If you want to learn more about my schedule, you can go to my website, which is jakethis.com, and you can find all that out. And I hope I'll see you out there in the world, because that's where I have, that's where we can have our most fun. Don't get me wrong. This is great. This is great. And I love being in the tiny machine that's plugged into your head right now. I'm assuming you're not listening to this on the big stereo in the living room. I'm assuming that you're not having friends over for a listening party. But uh, if you are, that's awesome, too. Hey, everybody. How's it going? It's me, Jake. Does everybody have enough to drink? Raise your hand if you need another drink. And if you're at the gym, as always, crank it up. Anyway, this is a good time. We have a good time here. But you know what? We really have a good time is out at the nightclub. I'm a live performer. 
that is what I do. And uh, then when you come out to that, it's kind of like a party. It's not like a, it's not like one of those shows where you go see the show and then the guy is just a guy who pops out from behind a thing and you see him up on the stage and you look at him and then you go home and I, and you wonder like I wonder what his look what he look I wonder what his pores look like. <laughs> well, you don't have to wonder anymore. You come to one of my shows, you can get up pretty close to me. Check out my pores. I mean, not, it would be creepy if you brought a magnifying glass and really got up in my grill to check out my pores. But uh, you can stop by the little table that I have set up where I have my CDs and DVDs, which you don't have to buy anything. You do not have to buy anything. You can come up and say hello. I, I have that stuff sitting out there in case people want to buy it. And then mostly it's just an excuse for me to stand there and say hello to people without being super creepy. Um, or without having people think I'm super creepy. Because that can happen also. People can think that you are super creepy, and they can be wrong. And then, on the other hand, people can think that you're not super creepy, and they can be wrong about that. So, that's where we're at this week. Some super creepy stuff has gone on, and there were some people who we didn't know were super creepy that then we found out were super creepy. And then there were some other people um, who I thought were super creepy, and then they got elected to Congress. Mark Sanford, I, that's, he's a weird guy. Uh, South Carolina, but they voted for him. If you live there, you voted for him. Good luck to you. I hope, <laughs> I wish you a lot of luck that you uh, elected that guy who uh, lied to his wife and his constituents about his affair while he was down in uh, wherever, South America. Brazil. Was it Brazil? He had a mistress down in Brazil. I'm sure that's great for him. I mean, sometimes I think it would be great to have a mistress down in Brazil, but then again, you know, I'm really trying to look out for my retirement along with my wife. You know, I'm responsible for saving for both of us. And I just don't think at this time I can afford a mistress in Brazil, not to mention the problem that my wife would have with that kind of arrangement. Um, I hope that she doesn't have a mister. A mister? Is it a mister? What, what do you call it when the, when the lady has a, has a guy that she's just doing on the side? Is it just the, is there only a word for when a man has one of those? Is there not a word for when a lady has one of those? That would be sexist. But you know what? I'm not in charge of making up words for what ladies do. They're in charge of that. I have to say, um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're dropping the ball, ladies. You need a, I guess, gigolo isn't really the right word, because that's the word for a man, a manstitute, <laughs> or a man prostitute, or whatever you call it. Uh, that's my understanding of what a gigolo means. But uh, mistress is when a man has a lady on the side who knows about his wife, kind of. I think usually they do, right? They're the, they're the secret lady who knows about your wife, but your wife doesn't know about her. That's a mistress. But then what happens if, if these are modern times? Women, you could have a, a like a, a Mr. Mister man, mantress. I, I don't want to kind of ladyfy the man version of it, and then I don't want the lady version of it to seem, it's really toughy, to, toughy, it's a toughy to be a man nowadays, because especially, uh, you know, you can get accused of all kinds of stuff that you're not even intending or doing, you don't even think you're doing anything, but luckily I'm, I'm a little bit old to get accused of all of that kind of stuff, I think, I don't think that I'm doing anything naughty, because I just am married to my wife, and we have sex with each other, and we really enjoy it, and uh, neither one of us has got any side action, as far as I know, and uh, if my and my wife believed me on that, but I'm glad that you tuned in so that I could make that clear. Hey, what is going on with these honeybees? They're, they're, I read another thing this week about the honeybees are in trouble. You know, we need bees to pollinate our food, a huge high percentage of the plants that we eat and that other animals eat are pollinated by bees, and the bees are sick and dying, and that is just bad news. I mean, not to mention, um, 
when the bees die, we're going to be going short on honey. And I don't know if us eating honey really has anything to do with the problem. The other problems that the bees are having, I, I, the hive, hive collapse disorder, that's a thing that can happen, which they don't, we need to work on some kind of uh, Viagra for bees to prevent this hive collapse thing. I'm not sure that, I don't know if bees get erections. I'm not really sure how it all works, but I think with bees, uh, the queen puts a thing into the little honeycomb area, an egg, a thing. When I say a thing, I think what I mean is an egg, or maybe it's a larvae, maybe, but I think it's an egg. And then there's some other man bee that comes around, or does the man bee just insert that into the queen? I don't know. I'm not clear on that. I'm not, let's face it. I'm not going to be the person who solves this honeybee problem, but I hope somebody is on it because, uh, Honeybees are dying, and they say it could be this neonicotine pesticide. They got some pesticide that's made with uh, nicotine or neonicotine, so it's something that simulates the effects of nicotine. So all you smokers out there, you know, you give that stuff to a honeybee, and it can't make more honeybees. So what do you think it's doing to you? Uh, I'm just asking. Uh, so they say it could be that, or there's some kind of mites that get into the hive, little mites, which are the tiniest of bugs. You know, you think that bees are bugs. Um, and I, and I guess you're right when you, when you think that I don't want to get down on you and your thoughts about bugs. I mean, and insects are bugs and arachnids are spiders and they're also bugs. Bugs is a kind of a broad category. Some people call, call crawfish mud bugs. And I guess they are, but that, I feel like that is a, an analogy that they're doing right there because they're, I don't think crawfish are bugs. That's just not, but maybe they are arachnids. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I could look up if I had the time, but let's face it, I don't have the time. I'm very busy preparing for my shows, and then uh, I basically sit down and I have this conversation with you, and then I have to get on with my life. But let's just say you think honeybees are bugs, and you're right about that. They are bugs. But then there's these mites that are bugs that live on bugs. And also they live. there's bird mites and people mites, too. I can't remember what those are called, but... Uh, I do know that I had them once. We got, uh, we got, uh, what do you call it? Is it called? It's called something. It's a bad, I don't even want to say what, it's, uh, say what it is, but my wife and I had some itching. It was driving her crazy. I just thought, well, now I itch all the time. That's just a thing that happens to us <laughs> as we get older. That's the difference between men and women right there. I'm itching and I got some red spots on my body and I'm ready to just roll with it. And my wife is like, no, this is a real problem and I've got to get to the bottom of it. So she got a piece of scotch tape and she caught one of these little beasties on herself and she stuck it to the scotch tape and she took it into the dermatologist because, let me tell you this about ladies, and, and I, now I know I'm in sh on shaky ground, but they love to go to the dermatologist. Men, you know, you, you pinch it, you wash it, you wait for it to dry up. You know, I'm not going to the dermatologist to get some cream or special rays or, or have my skin fried off my body or liposuction. I, I guess I, it has occurred to me to get liposuction because it's a great alternative to actual physical exercise. We just get the fat sucked off your body. That's great. But I digress a little bit. I, hopefully we can get back. To, I'm going to write down uh, liposuction now to come back to that a little bit later on. Yeah, this is a good episode. Um, so, um, my wife gets this piece of scotch tape and she catches one of these little beasties on her body. They're super tiny. I mean, like, like tiny, like freckly tiny, like head of a pin, tiny, maybe around that with little legs. And she took this 
to the dermatologist with her because she wanted to know what was biting us and making us all itchy. And the dermatologist, she gets, you know, you have to sit in the waiting room and fill out the piece of paper, even though you fill it out a million times because the insurance company, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand why you can't just bring the doctor a chicken and be done with it like the old days. But anyway, so she's in the waiting room. When she finally gets into the room, she pulls out her piece of tape and she shows it to the dermatologist who, um, who takes one look at it and says, where did you, you, I need you to come out to the waiting room and show me where you were sitting. And then <laughs> they have to take her chair and wipe it down with the, some kind of alcohol wipe and uh, tell everybody who was sitting next to it has to get vacuumed or I don't know what happened, but it was a complete wig out because it's a dermatologist is a fancy place and they're scared of everybody. Well, you can imagine if you're a dermatologist and all at once people are getting these little mites on them from being in your office. That's not that's not good. That's not what people want. In fact, it's the exact opposite of what people want. It's the exact opposite of what my wife wanted. She didn't want to go to the dermatologist and get these little bugs. She wanted to go there and find out what they were and get rid of it. Anyway, um, the dermatologist, after she freaked out and freaked my wife out, and then my wife had to, I think my wife had to call me and tell me to immediately stand still wherever I was and then come home. And uh, she brought home some cream, which we then put on. We had to put on cream. We had to wash all of our sheets and vacuum everything and freak out. And again, it was, I was just like, well, this is, we're in exactly the same position we were yesterday, except now we know what it is. So we're on top of it and we are eventually going to stop itching and having these little bites. And also these things are super tiny. So I could maybe just deal with the fact that now I got a few hitchhikers all the time. Cause let's face it. We do have hitchhikers. I read, I read a thing that uh, the contents of your, um, bowel, I don't know why we have to say bowel when we're grown-ups because we only you don't want to say ass. But what's inside your bowel is uh, which is your ass or your bottom or your digestive tract. Your tract. How's that sound? You got a tract inside you, huge tract of bowel, and uh, a lot of what's in there is uh, bacteria. Is what I read, and that's helping digest the food that you put in there. So when you when you're actually doing your boom boom on the toilet, if I can speak euphemistically, I know I know a lot of you are having a dinner party right now, so I don't want to get too freaky. Um, but, uh, when you're in there on the toilet, a lot of what's coming out of you, I read, I read this thing. And this is again, what I read. If you're getting all your information from this podcast, you're in a super lot of trouble because like I said, I kind of read a few things and remember a few things and glance over some things. Then I start talking. Then I post this on the internet and then I'm on to other stuff. I, I got a busy life. I got to wrap this up before my wife and daughter get back from her haircut. Anyway, I read that a lot of what comes out of you on the toilet from your back door is uh, how about that? That's like how many euphemisms in a row for you? No charge. This is free. Uh, is uh, bacteria? That's your b- bacteria that's working your digestive tract. Not you know. I always thought what was coming out of you was the food that you didn't digest or the parts of the food or whatever. But no, um, this new theory. I it just I, I was it was a little shocking to me to find out that uh, poop is not. We don't even know what poop is. Okay, how about that? Get used to living in that world. We don't really know what poop is, and frankly. I'm less curious than this conversation would indicate. So moving on, uh, my daughter and wife are off getting, um, I think it's just my daughter's haircut. She goes to a place uh, here in LA to get her haircut. You have to take kids in to get their haircut because we can cut her hair, obviously, but she's kind of past, she's, she's moved beyond the scope of a parental haircut. I really feel like I could put on a scarf and my uh, Mr. Billy voice and uh, cut her hair myself. But uh, 
I cannot do that if my wife is around. I think I could talk my daughter into it, and I think I could do a pretty, a pretty good haircut as Mr. Billy. Like I said, you watch a few things on the internet, and then you take a shot at it. Um, so I've been cutting my own hair for years. That's just a little secret between you and me, podcast listeners. I can't remember if I revealed that, but I don't usually tell that to people until I receive a compliment about my haircut. But uh, I've been cutting it myself for quite some years. I just bought my second Flowey because my first one was over 20 years old. Um, so I'm cutting my own hair. There. Now you know that. Don't tell anyone. I don't need you starting rumors about me and my haircut on the Internet. But uh, that's just a little secret. You know, that's what, I know that's what people hope for. You listen to these podcasts and you hope that secrets will be revealed. So that's your secret. I'm cutting my own hair and I'm thinking about getting some liposuction as an alternative to working out. I don't think so. I'm, I'm exercising. I'm kind of a I'm fitness. I'm fitness nutting it up lately. So I've been doing the uh, kettlebell workout, which uh, you know, kind, kind of. Uh, I had had a few people expose me to kettlebells, but then I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and he talks about the kettlebells, and I was like, damn it, I'm going to try that. And I'm, I have to say, I'm really enjoying it. So, uh, you know, it's, you get an awesome core workout. It's like it's like lifting things up and throwing them. A kettlebell workout is a lot like a workout you would do if you were getting ready to be a garbage man. You know, because a garbage man, I you do not want to start a fight with a garbage man. There's another little tip, and that's free of charge. Garbage men are strong, or at least old school garbage men. Nowadays, they got these trucks that pick up the cans. So maybe the garbage men, when he comes, are sanitation workers. I don't want to insult anybody. Again, it is so tough not to be insulting to people because I'm trying. What I'm trying to do is give garbage men a compliment. But um, garbage men are strong because they got to wrestle those cans and, and bins around and wheel them up and put them, throw them in the thing and fish around and deal with that truck is big and they got to get on and off the truck anyway. If you can avoid it, you don't want to start a fight with a garbage man. And if you do start a fight with a garbage man, try and start a fight with a garbage man where the garbage man is on your side. Because <laughs> garbage men are tough. Anyway, uh, that's, what, that's what the kettlebell workout is like. It's it's like you're you're trying to prepare to lift crazy weights at weird angles up over your head. And, I mean, there's lets. You don't spill anything. Some You smell like you smell after you work out, but not like, not like you can imagine a garbage man would smell at the end of a tough day of garbage man work. Again, I, I'm, so, I'm so sorry if that's not what we're calling garbage men nowadays. You know, it's so easy nowadays to make a mistake and say the wrong thing about people and insult them. But uh, shout out to all those strong garbage men out there. <laughs> I'm working out because uh, I don't know when. Why isn't that a reality show? World's toughest garbage man. Why isn't that a, a reality show? I don't know. It probably is. Let's face it. I don't watch as much TV as I probably as I probably should watch. Although this week, it was too it was too much TV, like I said, because the TV, it's like your crazy friend that keeps telling you about crazy stuff that you already told your, your crazy friend to shut up about. I don't want to hear about that anymore. And then he, then he tells you some more stuff about, uh, you know, things. Anyway, I did find out that... Uh, we're doing uh, we're doing these so sonar tests in the ocean, and it's bothering our whales. And I feel like I don't know who I write to to say, "Hey, look, do we really have to be freaking whales out with these sonar tests?" Because I don't I don't want to be party to that. And what are we getting? What are we getting out of the sonar testing? Are we just doing that so that we'll be able to um, kill our enemies when they're underwater? Because I don't really think our enemies are coming from in, underwater anymore. But that's just me. I'm not an expert on our enemies, um, foreign or domestic, really. 
I just know you got to watch out for your neighbors. I'm at the point now where I would just like to take a look in all my neighbors' houses. That's the only way to be sure that they haven't kidnapped somebody and they're keeping them in there is to just go over to your neighbor's house right now, knock on the door, and demand them to give you a tour of, of their house. And then as soon as we're done, we'll meet right back here. Okay? Head over to your neighbors, ring the bell, demand to have a look inside. Don't just do the ones right on one side. You got to do both neighbors on both sides. You got to let them come into your house. Then you got to go across the street and don't forget your neighbors in the back too cuz we all that way we have four people checking out four people and we're going to we're going to find out who's up to something. Um, and you might want to go buddy system on that. You want to you don't want to go over there by yourself. Anyway, do that. Meet back here. Of course, if you're working out, you're off the hook. Just crank it up and we'll meet back here in just a second. Okay, that was easy enough. And you know what the good news is? Now there's no more people, no more abducted people being held hostage in any of our neighborhoods. Assuming that everyone in the world is listening to this and you all did as I said. Uh, the odds are that that didn't happen, but at least you got to look at your neighbor's stuff. So congratulations. I hope you enjoyed it and uh, you're welcome. So, what else can I tell you happened this week? We, we, ha we got the bees, we got the whales. Ah, oh, those whales. I feel bad for the whales. <sighs> what are we going to do next? Oh, my daughter, she's working on a sequel to Iron Man called Iron Boy. I tweeted a little bit about that. This is really, it's really coming together, this uh, Iron Man sequel. She's, she, I guess they're talking about Iron Man 3 at her school, so she told me that she was going to be making Iron Man 4, and then um, it was going to have an Iron Boy in it, and now she says uh, she is, she's going to be one of the bad guys. So she's got one arm that is iron from, from her fingertips up to almost her shoulder and then the other arm is just up just kind of mid forearm that's iron that that hand, it's her hand and her lower forearm are iron and she's one of the bad guys but so she's practicing jumping off stuff and she just said that they she says they're going to call it iron boy instead of iron man 4 because of uh, copyright <laughs> problems she's in second grade and she knows about copyright problems and don't we all i don't think i don't think that's going to be a good workaround i think we're still probably going to get sued when this thing uh, has its theatrical debut, but uh, I'm hoping that it gets shot. She's been talking about it for a few days now, and so I actually think um, that, that there is going to be... She says the teacher's going to produce it, so I'm hoping that they actually do shoot something. I may have to shoot it myself, but I'm super excited about uh, Iron Boy and the, the part my daughter's going to play in it, and I'm super excited to see her haircut when she comes back. Maybe she'll come on the podcast. Maybe this is the week that my kid comes on the podcast. Oh, hold your horses, everybody. I know that's maybe not what you want to have, have happen, but uh, that may be what is going to happen. I'll tell you something that you can do, though. If you're feeling a little bit down, you're feeling, you're feeling like you're not quite as uh, in a bad mood, you know, you got to put on some music. I'd forgotten about me. I mean, I know about music because I was just in New Orleans. I know how music can help you out of a tough time. But uh, so I, I, I said, you know what, before I do the podcast, what I'm going to do is uh, listen to some of my New Orleans, my music, the CDs that I brought back with me. And uh, so one of the CDs that I brought back with me, which I cannot play for you because of copyright issues, I could probably play it for you on the podcast. Let's face it. Who's policing this? Nobody. Did you go see your, did you go look and see if your neighbors had any hostages? I don't actually believe that you did that. And so I don't actually believe anybody would get me in any trouble if I played some of Charles Bradley's CD, Victim of Love. But uh, 
I mean, maybe he would have a problem. Maybe he doesn't want me playing it because it's his copyrighted material. But it, you ought to check out Charles Bradley. Um, you can uh, Google him, Wikipedia him. And he's born in 1948, Gainesville, Florida, United States of America. He's a funk and soul R&B singer signed to the Daptone Records label under the Dunham Records division. And um, his performances and recording style are consistent with Daptone's revivalist approach, celebrating the feel of funk and soul music from the 60s and 70s. And I have to say, he really can make you happy. I saw him live, and I can't remember if I described this last week, and if I, I think I mentioned him last week, but I saw him live last week, and it was or in jazz, at Jazz Fest I saw him, which was the week before last night. Technically, look, who cares? You're probably not even listening to this on the day that it came out, and I don't hold that against you. Um, it works just as good whenever you listen to it, really. The only the downside is you may have missed um, some of the performances, which I which I plugged earlier in the show. Um, but anyway, Charles Bradley, I put that on, and he he really you know put me right, put me in a good mood, and so I'm recommending that to you at this time of this day, ah, summer summertime. So what am I doing this week? I'm going to Las Vegas. I got this corporate gig in Las Vegas, and uh, I'm excited about it because these, these things are fun. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this big event that they're doing, and so those are always a, those are always a good time. And I'm staying at, uh, you know, one of the giant casinos, which is, you know, Las Vegas, it's a weird setup. That's what it's going to be like uh, to live in space. If you go to Las Vegas, you can sort of experience a tiny uh, taste of what it would be like to be in space. I mean, it would be a pretty awesome spaceship if it had a casino in it. But the thing is, you're in this casino resort. It's like a giant casino resort with a pretend Italian town in it. There's people standing in line to ride a gondola in a canal that's on the second floor above a casino in with a giant hotel above it. So the illusion is fairly comprehensive. People believe that they're actually in Venice at this place. And uh, and it's a high-end shopping mall, and then there's mimes, and oh, it's it's crazy. But the, the weird thing about it is you're in there for, I'm going to be there, I'm going on Monday, I'm not coming home till Thursday. And the problem is, you get in, you check in on Monday, you go to your thing, you, you get a rehearsal thing, you shoot some video for them, then then you go have dinner. It's the next day, you go to a meeting, then you're tired, you go back to the room, you take a shower, maybe exercise a little bit. All at once, you've been indoors for three days, and you don't realize what happened. And so, hopefully, that's, I think that's the best, <laughs> I gotta talk, I need to get on the phone with NASA, because when I'm designing a spaceship, my best suggestion is that you need to, you need to make it as much like a hotel casino as possible, because that is the way uh, the time will just forget about suspended animation. You just put throw people in a casino and you can take them to Mars. They won't even know what the hell is going on. In fact, um, when you're at some of these casinos in Vegas, you almost sort of wish like, why don't what, those people should go into the Mars room and we'll just send them to Mars. You know, they could keep shooting craps and gambling and roulette. And, and then when they go to leave the casino, it turns out they're on Mars. Boom. Who's a winner now? I think we all are. So, I am heading to Vegas to do that, and then I've got the uh, Barry Manilow Houston gig, and our family is all getting ready. We're taking our big family vacation this summer to uh, New Zealand, which I always do enjoy a trip to see New Zealand. People always say, do you do comedy in New Zealand? I would love to do comedy in New Zealand. they got a comedy festival there, 
and I haven't really looked into how to get into that. This year I'm going to try and do some shows in uh, Australia because we're going to be there at the in mid-July. And so I'm hoping that I can get a gig at the uh, at someplace in, in Sydney that weekend that I'm there. And I put a shout-out here on the podcast before, but just in case you're listening and you, you know how to get me a gig in Sydney, Australia, would you do me a favor and email me or tweet me? Tweeting is the best way to get a hold of me. Anyway, I, um, I'm going to take another little break right now. Okay, well, that was a little bit longer break than I had anticipated that I was going to be taking because, um, I don't know, one thing led to another. And uh, where have I been? Well, I went to a birthday party. I went to a birthday party last night. And, uh, oh, I watched a couple of movies. <laughs> See, it was just a blink of an eye to you. But I've time-traveled into the future. Uh, it's Mother's Day today. Last night we went to a birthday party. And uh, the movie, they were, they were he, my friend has a projector, Matt Weinholt. Uh, thank you for the invitation to your party. And so he was showing this movie called, uh, I think it's called Who's That Lady? <laughs> With Tony Curtis and uh, Dean Martin, and it's pretty. It's pretty. You you kind of Tony Curtis is a chemistry professor kind of person, and his wife catches him kissing someone at work, and so Dean Martin convinces him that the cover story should be like, "Hey, he's a, he's." She doesn't know this, but he's actually an FBI agent, and that's part of his investigating work. That's how the that's how the movie starts off. Uh, it, <laughs> It was good. It was good. It makes you laugh. It's crazy. I'd forgotten about that one if I'd ever seen it. I don't know if you've ever seen it. Uh, I don't know if you can even get it on video. I should have looked all this up before I started talking about it. But there. I watched that, and then this morning for Mother's Day, we got up and uh, my wife and I watched Hairspray with our daughter. And I had not seen that movie before either. Hairspray. Who knew? John Travolta in a dress. I, I could have waited a little longer before I saw that, but... Uh, I've seen it now, and I actually enjoyed it. It's the hairspray makes you happy. It kind of makes you happy. It's a but it's a positive story about uh, the uh, the integration of the afternoon dance party show in uh, Baltimore. I guess you probably already knew that. I'm the last person who's seen hairspray, but I uh, I liked it. So there, I like musicals. That's the thing I know about myself. Um, it, it was sap. Then we went on a bike ride, took a little bike. Oh, God. You don't want to go on a bike ride by the beach in California on a Saturday or Sunday. I know that because I live here by the beach, and I know that that's the day when everybody shows up with their friggin' mom on Mother's Day to go on a bike ride. Or their children, you know, so I'm trying to keep my kid from getting in an accident, and there's some chubby old guy who's jogging on the bike path which is another thing that i don't like but i don't want to turn in i don't want to be the grown-up in the world i don't want to be in charge of telling people hey the jogging path is over there and we're on the bike path and if you go bike riding during the week you don't have to deal with that but my wife and daughter are both in school during the week so we have to go bike riding on the bike path on the weekend and i keep trying to remind my daughter she needs to stay over to the right because people are trying to pass there's accidents on the bike path. People get hurt. They have to go to the emergency room. That did not happen to us. So happy Mother's Day, everybody. Um, 
I hope your Mother's Day is going okay. I had a little conversation with my mother on the phone, not really as long of a conversation as I probably should have had, you know, but uh, I'm such a grown-up now at this point. I mean, I still have to give my mom credit for being my mom, but uh, I she... Well, she always she says she didn't punch out. She says she still spends time <laughs> worrying about me. Oh boy, is that really going to happen? Is that what I'm going to have to do? Am I going to be worrying about my kid when she's my age? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to live that long. I waited too long to have my kid, so I will never see her when she is my age. I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. I mean, I don't want to be pessimistic. Because uh, there could be that that thing, the singularity, that could happen where we all download our consciousness into the uh, Internet and we all become different parts of the big, giant computer. Actually, that's, you know, that's going to last for about a week where you exist on the big, giant computer in your own folder and it's actually just you. And then pretty soon you're going to start mixing together with everybody else and pretty soon we're all going to start to become one big, giant thing and we're, we're going to forget who we are. And that sounds a little scary. I mean, I'm... I, I'm not ready to sign up for that now, but uh, maybe that's going to be all for the good. Maybe if we started to think about ourselves all in this together now, we would uh, we'd be in a better place. That's you know, my wife is always trying to tell me that uh, we got to do this and that. And, you know, she doesn't say save the planet, but a lot of people save the planet. And really, what they are, what they mean is save the planet, save us, save keep the planet so that we can still live here, so that it doesn't become toxic to us, or we don't have to alter our lifestyle like uh, breathing methane and um, eating jellyfish all the time. I hope that we don't have to do that. But if we all could kind of get together and get on the same page about we need to make some changes to make the world a better place, it would become a better place. But uh, look, I don't think that's going to happen because we're all inside of our own little file folders. Everybody's inside in the real world. That's how the real world works. We are all part of the same big giant thing, the earth, the glow, earth, global bios biosphere earth the spaceship earth that's inside the atmosphere we're all part of that but we think of ourselves as just little independent little tiny things inside of our own file folder in in the big computer and when when so we're just we can do whatever we want inside of our little file folder well sure you can but then viruses get out there i don't know if this analogy is really holding up but uh, what i'm trying to say is because we're all inside of our little file folders it's going to be it's going to be hard for us to kind of act together to agree on something and to uh, and to save the save the planet or change the course of our human behaviors to decrease our dependence on fossil fuel blah blah solar power it would be all great if that happened and you can do it in your house but there's just so many other people who are flooring it the other direction that uh, you know it's it's not going to be good news for polar bears or elephants I mean, I feel bad because I think they're already on their way out. And then uh, someday we're going to be on our way out, human beings as a species. But but that's, I don't, well, obviously we're not going to become extinct in our lifetime because uh, there would still be one of us left, wouldn't there? So I was just about to say that wasn't going to happen in our lifetime, but just by definition it can't happen in our lifetime because as long as one of us is alive, we're not extinct. Hmm. How about that? Well, I suppose if we're down to one of us, we, we probably are extinct unless that one of us is pregnant. Um, because once you're down to one, you can't make another person. Unless at some point we start to reproduce by, uh, you know, fission, like amoebas. We just kind of get big and then squishy and then pinch off in the middle and then there's two of us. 
oh, that doesn't sound, boy, what, what is porn going to be like when that's how we start reproducing? Oh, it's, I, I don't I don't even want to watch that kind of porn. But I say that now from the point of view of, of you know, how we are now and everything. But later when we become big, giant, uh, blobby amoeba things, or maybe we just turn into that when we're going to reproduce. When it gets down to one of us, you're going to be sitting alone. I'm assuming it's going to be you. It's not, it's not going to be me. I'm going to die before that happens. But you are going to be sitting all by yourself, kind of looking at your old pictures of your family, friends, loved ones, or maybe you're going to be looking at your neighbor's pictures, right? If it's just down to you, you can go in anybody's house and look at all their stuff because it won't really be their stuff either, will it? They'll be gone. And uh, you'll probably be sad and sort of squishy. Maybe you make yourself some uh, some kind of a snack. You'll have to eat some canned food. I'm looking at the spam here, and I still got some spam left. Um, maybe you open up a nice can of spam. You make yourself a little snack, and uh, you're sad. Maybe you crack open a bottle of wine. It's because it's Saturday night. And you're super sad because you're all by yourself. You're the last person left on earth. You're sleeping in a different bed every night. You know, you're just traveling around, siphoning gas out of all the cars that are just dead in the road, and. You're feeling super sad, and then then you start to get all you start to feel sort of squishy, and you get uh, and bigger and bigger. Maybe maybe your fingers and your toes kind of tuck back, and all your limbs tuck into your body. So so pretty soon you're just a big fleshy ball with your face kind of in the middle of the ball, and then you kind of look down and you see that the ball is sort of pinching in the middle. It's turning into two balls, and so you can see the other ball now that you've become. Obviously, you're nude uh, because your clothes are going to fall off when you turn in that ball, or maybe you're inside your clothes, but you have to roll around to get out so you can see so it's not completely dark. And you look at the other ball, and you see the eyes on the other ball looking back at you. And they're as surprised as you feel, you know, those eyes looking at your eyes. It's, you've been lonely for a long time. Um, but you can't can't believe that you've turned into this hourglass dumbbell shaped ball thing that's looking at its other half, and then you hear a kind of a wet slapping pop noise, and you see the other ball roll away from you, and you just lay like that for a while, <laughs> wishing you could take another sip of wine, <laughs> because this is like the weirdest thing. You can't believe you don't have anyone to tell it to, and then you see the other ball blinking. And it says something like, holy crap, that was weird. And you go, I know, right? And now you're talking to this other thing. And then, uh, and then you know, over time, maybe maybe before the sun comes up, you grow some, you, your arms kind of come back out and the other ball's arms come back out. And then you go get another bottle of wine, you open it up. And uh, I mean, you probably, you have a recovery period for a while. And then hopefully that other ball thing is the opposite sex of whatever you are. And uh, now you can rep- reproduce the old way again. But uh, that's that's what you hope happens. But so far, that hasn't happened. I don't think to any extinct species. I think I, th- I do think that there are t- some amphibians or froggy, froggy type of uh, salamandery things that, when it gets down to just one of them, they can uh, <laughs> they can go fuck themselves. Uh, to be frank and honest, and to, and also swear a little bit, um, and they can make another person because they can they can breed themselves they don't they don't split into two things i don't think any kind of army leggy eyeball faced animals can split by that 
definition, but I do think that there are ones that when it gets down to one of them, if they're lonely, it's not like they're extinct. It's just like they travel and they're far away if they can't find a mate. And so what they do is they they can impregnate themselves. I'm pretty sure that that's a thing that can happen, (laughs) you know, but look it up because, like I said, I'm just a guy who's alone in his little basement office place talking to you, the last person on earth. So, um, I hope you're doing all right, last person on earth, and I hope there's still electricity. Well, obviously, there's some kind of electricity or power because you're able to listen to this. This is a, an electronic digital thing, unless unless you've figured out a way to... Well, there still would have to be power for you to burn these onto records and then turn a crank Victor, Victrola. Maybe you're running everything on the bicycle power in the future. I don't know how you're doing it, but I'm proud of you, and uh, and I wish you lo- nothing, nothing but luck. Um, you know, because as as I think any of us would wish the last person on earth. I mean, I don't even know if I'm jealous of you really when I think about it from that point of view, because man, it's got to be lonesome. And yeah, the, the apocalypse, I don't think, I don't think I'm surviving the, the apocalypse, the zombie apocalypse, you know, when we all have to fight and survive. I'm just going to do my best. We've been over this before. You and I are, when I say we, I, I'm really just talking to this microphone. <laughs> I'm assuming there's a person on the other side of it because I see the numbers. If this, if this whole thing, you know, you post the, you post the podcast. You, you don't. I do. One, uh, one does. I do. Jake, Jake post. Now I'm talking about myself with a third person. That's not a good sign. Jake posts the podcast on Libsyn, and then Libsyn squirts it over to iTunes, and some people are listening to it on uh, SoundCloud and other places. Hey, don't forget the All Things Comedy. Uh, network that I'm part of. I forget about it sometimes, and I just did until just now. But go to All Things Comedy. Check out all the podcasts on there. They got some awesome, awesome podcasts. And I'm just going to name the ones that I've been on. Jackie Cation's podcast, The Dork Forest, and um, Dave Anthony and Greg Barrett's podcast, Walking the Room. Now, I guess Dave also has one of a podcast of his own where where he talks to himself, and I can't remember the name of that. But And I'm not sure if that's on the network. I think it is, but... You just, how do you keep up? And what does it even mean to be on a network to you, last surviving person in the future? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I wish I could be there with you just to hang out for one night. The digital me, the computer, the folder, the computer folder version of me that's on the computer and never gets hungry and is always kind of happy. And when you're not there, I can just do whatever I want and find things out. I don't really have to find things out because I'm on the computer. I know everything. And you're still a, you're still a squishy person doing your best in the real world. Well, that's someday. Uh, until next week, uh, thank you for listening. I hope you will be around next week to listen some more. I hope I will be talking to my friend Nigel next week because I think he's coming back to California. I, I've asked him a couple of times to help me out. I'm looking for a big wool knit wool sweater that's knit by these... Uh, tribal people up there in uh, Native Americans. We we can say Canada is part of America, everybody. Wake up. Um, and uh, they make these cool sweaters. He did send me a link, so maybe I just have to order that sweater myself. And uh, I'm going to take that to New Zealand on my big vacation this summer with my family. We're going to, we're going to New Zealand, and I'm going to wear a big sweater knit by some Native Canadians. How's that sound? Pretty good to you? person, lonely person in the future. Yeah, visit my family. I hate to rub it in, but I have a family. And uh, 
and I have a wife. She's and she's a mother. And our daughter, my wife, is going to come back from her Mother's Day massage. And this podcast better be finished because then I got to make dinner. Uh, I've been looking it up on the internet. We got chicken and broccoli, which sounds like a great Chinese dish, but we don't have all the we don't have all the things that you need to make it. So, uh, yeah, I know you're hanging on. You're hanging by your fingernails trying to trying to decide if to, I'm going to pull this dinner off. Well, I'll tell you next week. How about that? If I last that long, I know you're I know you're going to be there. Thank you for listening. And hey, listen, and this especially applies to you, future person who there's only one of you left, but but really I'm talking to everybody who might be listening who's going through a tough time or a troubling time. I get depressed sometimes. I was depressed this afternoon. But uh, you got to hang in there. Don't give up. There will be plenty of time to give up later. You know what I mean? procrastinate that procrastinate that and uh, i will talk to you next week thank you thank you thank you i love you bye bye Oh, guess what? We thought it was over, but it's not really over, actually. Special guest, my wife is here. Now, honey, I've already been talking today about uh, some elephants and polar bears extinction, and then I kind of went on a weird jag about uh, the last person left alive when we become extinct. But you... You just got back from your Mother's Day massage. I did. I I mean, I have, yes. I'm a bit relaxed, so it might not make any sense. Okay, good. (laughs) <laughs> That's perfect. That's perfect for this episode. Okay, great. Do you want so, to hear about my massage? Yeah, tell me about your massage. Amy, Thai massage. She gets on the table, she uses her forearms and kind of goes up your whole... Oh, it's fantastic. She, she, do you, are you both covered in soap and is she nude? I don't know what she is. I don't know if she's nude or what she's doing. I'm nude. It's. I have to say it's slightly erotic, but it's just, it's so great. And, you know, then she dims the lights for when you go on your back and your front is up and... Oh, what, hap- what, tell, what, what happens just, when your front is up? I mean. <laughs> well, you know, your top half. I don't know. I'm too I'm too relaxed <laughs> to make any sense right now. But anyway, she holds the sheet up and then she turns the lights down low and then she does some more. I said, I really want stuff on my hands and my feet and my arms and my legs. Forget all that back, back, back massage. I like the... So it was so great. I really feel really good. And I've got a beautiful necklace on that Fanula gave me. She... We had a chandelier in the house, and she, Fanula harvested the crystals off it. Well, I actually did that. We got rid of the chandelier. <laughs> it was an old chandelier-like fixture, and I took all the crystals off so that she could be making... So she's taken a piece of pink duct tape and put it on the crystal and then written mum on it. Yeah, she wrote mum on it, because I don't like to be called mom. I like to be called mum, because that's where I'm from. You get called mum. And then she's put on a nice piece of yellow twine. It's a beautiful... Yeah, necklace. I'm wearing that right now. I've got some Mother's Day cards, some flowers. Did I mention my massage? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was. I think you did. Well, yeah. So it's so it's. This was a really good day because you know this has been talking of extinctions. This has not been a good week as far as the animals in Africa go. Do you realize that the the um, the rhinos have just gone extinct for the second time in Mozambique? In ha- mo- well, wait a minute. Yeah. There's still rhinos on Earth, but you're saying there's none in Mozambique. Yeah, well, what happened was 
Mozambique, they killed all their rhinos. They all went extinct. They got poached. And they get poached. You know what? You know what is happening to rhino horns now, which is so it's so crazy. So rhino horns are just agglutinated hair. They're like our fingernails. They have absolutely no medicinal value. But they're considered part of, you know, ancient Chinese medicine and they're very popular in Vietnam right now because a while ago in Vietnam some politician no one knows who it is, no one's ever seen this person, but this person got cured of cancer because of he says. There's a rumor that a politician yes. got cured of cancer in Vietnam yes. from doing, from ta- eating rhino horn. Yeah, so they... But it's not true, listeners. It's not true. Don't go out and try and get rhino horn. No, but the awful thing that's happening right now in Vietnam is that these young, rich, sort of machismo, you know, testosterone-fueled young guys are drinking rhino horn drinks before they even get drunk, not to not get a hangover. But but part of what it is is they actually... Wait, think, they're drinking rhino drinks to keep from getting a... Ha- they think it's going to keep them from getting a hangover. Oh, it cures everything. It cures insomnia. It cures... Hey, that seems you know, to be... I, warts, genital warts. That cures everything. People think, but that doesn't really do No, that. it's agglutinated, like I said, hair. It's just like our fingernails. But the thing is, these guys... It won't give you a boner. No, that's, yeah. But the thing is, it's, pr- yeah, no, it won't give you a boner. You get a placebo boner. Pathetic. Fucking pathetic placebo boner. <laughs> I, I, I sort of, I disagree with your opinion on the placebo boner. I feel like it's just as good as the regular boner. But It's not if it's at the expense of these rhinos. Oh, right, yes, absolutely. It's... But if you're taking a Tic Tac and that's giving you a boner, that's as good as the... Please, please, take a Tic Tac and get a boner and leave the poor rhinos alone. Because now what's happening, these guys just want to drink, they just want to... Get rhino horn because they know it, the animal's going extinct. It's incredibly rare, and they feel like it's cool. So just let me finish with what happened in Mozambique because this is sort of what is one of the big conservation. I'm taking an, a- an African conservation class right now, so this is a, an issue dear to my heart. But the so Mozambique, their rhinos went extinct. South Africa very kindly said, "Hey, you know, we've got some black rhinos. We could let you have some of our black rhinos." So they reintroduced the black rhino, the South African ones, into Mozambique. And guess what? They all got poached. And do you know who poaches them? The rangers in the reserves for the animals. Because the rangers don't get paid enough money, so they make another 20 bucks a week for telling the poachers where the rhinos are. Guess what? They need to eat, and they tell the poachers where the rhinos are. So now, for the second time, the rhinos well, in we Mozambique... we've got to pay our... Rangers a little bit more money in Mozambique. We have to take I say ca- we, but that's not we're not in charge of that. We have to take care of the people in Africa, you know, if we want to take care of the animals in Africa. You have to take care of the people because these are their animals, but they are hungry and they don't have enough money and you can't, you know, possibly think you can save the rhinos and the elephants and the lions and they're actually 4,900 species that are in danger of extinction right now just on the sub-Saharan African continent. Sorry, that's a bit of a downer on Mother's Day, everybody. Maybe you should publish this podcast tomorrow. (laughs) Well, this won't come out until after Mother's Day. Okay, good. So, (laughs) everybody, Tuesdays, I find, are a day when a lot of people like to think about dead animals. And so, uh, that's when this comes out. Yeah, great. But, But anyone you know who's, you know, participating at all in... The rhino, you know, you've got to tell them no. I don't think I have any listeners who are participating in rhino horn poaching, but if no. I do, <laughs> yeah, if, if, you, I if do, you if you're out there and you're listening right that's, now, that's a bit hot, Jerry. Oh, sorry, sorry, I, I got a bit 
carried away and passionate. It makes me really sad that we, we're killing rhinos for glutinated fingernails, hair, fingernails, yeah. horn. Yeah. Don't well, get me started on the elephants because it was a bad week for the elephants It was too. a bad week for the elephants as well. 26 elephants got massacred on um, Wednesday in the African, Central African Republic. And th- these are elephants that have been studied. They're making a dictionary of their language. They're part of an... Un- this is a bunch of elephants that are observed all the time, and they have the observers have named them, and they, they're, they're under scrutiny, but they've somehow... The poachers got in. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the poachers are... You know, the, the, it's very ramped up now because there are a lot of rich... Uh, maybe I've got the thing about the rhino horn wrong. Maybe that's in Korea that's the rhino horn, and it's the ivory in Vietnam and... Don't sow sow seeds of doubt now, Jerry. Yeah, it it doesn't matter, but the thing is, the the ivory... You know, I saw this picture the other day. It's not ivory bracelets and stuff. I saw a picture of a car at a Chinese, um, you know, car show, and it was covered in these huge pieces of ivory to make it look like a dragon, big white ivory bling all over this car. And it's like, if that is what we are killing the elephants for, to trick out some car to look like a white ivory dragon when it's really just a red, shiny sports car, man, human beings. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, know, man. I don't like our chances, but uh, the elephants are going to go first is the sad thing. Well, let's let's try not. Let's try to help the elephants, you guys. They are beautiful. How can people help elephants right now? If they're listening to this, what should they do as soon as this episode is over to help elephants? Well, you want to give some money to the World Wildlife Fund or you want to find an elephant um, charity and you want to give it money. But like I keep saying, it's really about we have to take care of the people on the African continent because these animals are sort of their resource. And once we make the conservation of the African animals an African industry then we can help the people, help themselves, you know, blah, blah. Do you see what I mean? It's the You help the people and then they help the elephants. Yeah, this is really the circle of life, people. People think about the circle of life from, you know, what was that, the Lion King, the sort of the death and the blah, blah. But it's actually if we take care of the people, they take care of the elephants. And that could be a great new circle of life. Okay. I'm, I feel a bit drunk. <laughs> I have to say. From, well, you don't sound drunk. I, yeah. I'm sorry that you uh, mentioned that, but that's uh, <laughs> no. Have, it has, that hasn't happened in a long time. No, it's it's the massage. I'm way too yes. relaxed. But well, thank you for stopping by the podcast. And uh, it's, I'm, a, I'm a cheery one, aren't I? <laughs> you know. Yeah, you are cheery. Yeah. Normally you're cheery. Yeah. No, I am cheery. Just you know, placebo boner by Tic Tac, everybody. Thank you very much. That's my Mother's Day message to the world. Well, you know, the great thing is I don't have any sponsors, and this could be a great sponsor for me, Tic Tacs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a boner I want to see. A Tic Tic boner by Tic Tac. Oh, wow. That's really... That's going to go... Yeah, virus. Viral. <laughs> it's going to go virus. Yeah. Boy, you really do know. <laughs> the longer you talk, the more it kind of seems like... Maybe, can we believe everything that you've said? But I, I do. No, no, no. The thing I'm telling you about the rhino and the, and the, and the elephant is absolutely true. And it's really sort of jeopardy time and this is not a thing that we want to have happen we don't want these two animals to go extinct they're way you know too important to a continent that is already suffering i had a teacher once who was from africa and he called africa the silent tsunami and i was like man that is that's heavy
Okay, let's get back to viral virus bonus. Yeah, Okay, over and out, everybody. I'm done. I'm done. I'm going to go dig around in my underpants drawer for some Tic Tacs. I'll be right back. Oh, see, there you go. My wife stopped by. Always a pleasure. Bailed me out. Bailed me out. Helped me out. Show was a. It's, you didn't. You, you you might not have known all that stuff about elephants and rhinos. And you can actually, unlike my thing, my thing about uh, some of the other some of the other things that I've said in this episode, um, I feel like my wife really knows what she's talking about. Not all the time. She's not here right now, so I can say that. I don't want to get her to, to get a big head. And of course, there's no way she's ever going to listen to this. Uh, She'll be on it, but she won't listen to it. Anyway, thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week.